0: Well, good morning. And uh, it's good to be with you again today and uh, actually I want to do it kind of like we did last week I want to start first with the kids. So so kids if you can gather around a little bit closer then I want to start talking talking about something with you and then we'll will will move on and talk to the church as a whole. Okay, so kids come close and I want to talk to you about about fear. Things that we can be afraid of. You know, often it seems that 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 we're afraid of something that we don't know. R- remind of a story when I was w- and I was much younger, and I and I was on a trail w- with my three sisters. We were all going hiking up this mountain. It was a mountain trail, it was actually a large hill, um, in in Alaska, Ketchikan, Alaska. And the thing our dad had told us that morning just before he left for work, because he knew we were going to hike up this this mountain trail, he said, now watch out for bears. And I don't know, I wonder now, was he just Trying to plant an idea, but the seed was planted. And so there we are. We're hiking up the hill, hiking up the mountain. And as we go, we're about halfway up. We've been on the trail for a while. And we begin to hear some noises to the side, some noises in the bushes. And it sounded like there was an animal in the bushes. And we're curious well, what could that be? Okay we kept hiking, and we kept hearing it. And it was like something was following along with us, but not on the trail, staying just off the trail, out of sight, in the bushes, but you could hear it. It was there. And as we would go, it would go. It would stop, it would stop. And we'd go again, and it's going as I'm watching through because I'm a little nervous about this, and I'm watching. And, and then there's a, a little break in the bushes, and I can see through the bushes, and I see this patch of black fur go by, black fur. You know what that means? And I shouted out, BEAR! And we turned around and we started running down the trail and whatever. And and, and and this thing came crashing out of the bushes and onto the trail. It was somebody's black lab. Well, he was wondering, where are you guys going? Aren't we going to play? Now, if I'd known it was just a black lab in the bushes, I would not have been afraid. I wouldn't have dashed back down the trail. But because I didn't know, what I did not know is what I was afraid of. It's kind of like sounds in the dark, right? Maybe you're camping, and you're camping, and you're inside the tent now. You've just gone to bed. Everybody's just gotten in the tent, and it's a tent. The walls aren't really thick, and outside, you hear something. There's a sound, and you don't know what it was, and it could be all kinds of things. And just before we went to bed, we were talking around the campfire about Bigfoot. I mean, that's what I do when I take guys camping. We talk about Bigfoot just before we go to bed, and and, and so there you are, and you're, I, I don't know, what was that? And your dad says, I don't know, it was probably just a branch for me, but don't worry, I'm right here. Now, sometimes you don't even need to know what the sound was. And if you go outside your tent in the woods, you're certainly going to find a branch on the ground, right? You don't need to know what the sound was because you know that your dad said, I'm right here. And that's what you need to know. See the thing about fear is it's all about things that you need to know. You need to know what's true and it's also about you need to know who is with you. And that's what Psalm 23 one of the favorite lines of Psalm 23 is the reminding that where where the where the psalm says about God you are with me. I will not fear why? Because You are with me. So the next time that you're afraid, don't be afraid to pray. Because remember, God himself has said, I am with you. All right. Let's gather the family back again. Go ahead and let the others come back into the room again. All right. And we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about frustration. Because in this COVID pandemic situation that we are find ourselves in, I, I, I've noticed lately that there's these two polarizing reactions. That people go to fear or they're now beginning to go to frustration. Some people are afraid of what could happen and those that not necessarily they've gotten used to things and so forth, but they're not so much afraid, and they're the ones that are typically frustrated. So some are fearful and want everybody to participate as much as they can in the safety and the precautions and the limitations so that this thing doesn't spread. And others are frustrated because they're not afraid. And so they're frustrated by all these precautions and limitations that have been pressed upon us because of the pandemic. So fear and frustration and that they're at odds with one another. They're often against one another. Let's talk first about fear. Because we want to, I want to speak from Psalm 23 today. And the reason I want to speak from Psalm 23 is that, first of all, it's a very well-known psalm. This is, this is truth that you and I know and yet we need to be reminded of. And not only that, because it's such a well-known psalm, people all around us have heard it. people that don't go to church, people that know very little in the Bible, they know probably John 3.16, and they probably know Psalm 23, or they've heard parts of it. They don't know that they know it, but they've heard parts of this before. And so this is something you can share with people in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their frustration. Perhaps the most well-known line of Psalm 23 is the one that goes something like this. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Oh, you? that's the one we've known. That's the part that we've heard before, probably at a funeral or something, right? Think of that valley of the shadow of death, the passing through death into God's presence. I'll not be afraid when death comes. That's not what the psalm is about. The psalm is about a, a sheep with their shepherd, or flock of sheep, I should say, with their shepherd. And they're going through this, this, this valley with steep canyon walls. And it's a dangerous place because there are plenty of rocks to hide behind where predators, a mountain lion, could be hiding in these canyon walls. And yet they have to go through that canyon to get to the pastures they're going to. That's the valley of the shadow of death. That's what I want you to have in mind here. And he says, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. I will not fear. Why? Because you are with me. There are many things that we can fear today. And certainly with them in relation to a pandemic is the fear of death itself. You, you might be afraid, I could get this virus. And have to be in the hospital, and this or that could happen. I could even die from this virus. Yeah. That's a you know, maybe it's not your own death you fear. Maybe you figure, I'm in pretty good health. I'm really not so vulnerable, but there's those that I care about. There's those that I love, and they have conditions, or they age. It makes them much more vulnerable to this thing. I'm afraid that if people aren't, aren't taking precautions, that, that they could get this virus. And these that I care about, they could die. Maybe you're afraid that in the midst of all the focus on the virus, there's other medical care that you need that is being overlooked. You're not receiving Maybe you're afraid because of the limitations and the economic shutdown as a result that you could lose your job over this. When it's time to go back to work, your work might not be open anymore. You could lose your home over this. How are you going to pay your bills? Maybe you're you're afraid of, of future plans that you've made. Maybe it's college plans. You don't know how those can turn out now with everything that's happened. There's much to fear in the midst of all that's going on. And yet in the midst of this the Lord says, I am with you. Now, I want us to take that phrase, I am with you. I want us to take those words first of all in thinking of them in Jesus in the midst of these kind of dangers. When we're we're facing one fear or another, these are the kinds of things in the human experience that Jesus himself entered into. The fear of losing our own life. Jesus stood and looked death in the face when he would lay down his life for us the fear of losing one whom we love. That's like Jesus when he visits Mary and Martha just after the death of Lazarus and he stands by the tomb of this dear friend. And it's the one time in scripture where it says that Jesus wept. And they said, look how much he loved him. Jesus knows what it is to lose someone that you love. Jesus knows what it is to to not have a home, to have no place to lay his head. Jesus knows what it is to be led by the Spirit of the Lord into the wilderness, into a time of fasting, a time of self-denial, a time when he doesn't have provision for himself. He knows these things that we would fear in life. He entered into them for us and with us. Now, the fear of death. Especially the fear of death. It's not an unreasonable thing. That's why we don't play in traffic, right? But fear of death is the old normal. Now what do I mean by that? Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 says that Jesus became human so that through his death he would destroy the devil who had the power of death and thereby deliver all those who through fear of death were in slavery all their lives see jesus delivered us from the enslaving fear of death into a new normal fear of death was old normal getting all that i can out of life trying to do all that i can to preserve life and make it last as long as possible because when it's done it's done ashes to ashes and dust to dust but that is not the end that is not the end for me. And through faith in Jesus, that is not the end for you. Jesus has given us a new normal. That new normal was described by Paul when he's in prison and he's facing possible execution. And he says this, for me to live is Christ. And to die, well, that would be gain. How is dying gain? Well, he goes on, he says in verse 23, to depart and to be with Christ. Well, that is far better. And yet, far better he, he's thinking about that, that truth that he expressed to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15, that this mortality must put on immortality. That this old body isn't good enough to 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 live in the eternal kingdom of God. That the mor- mortality must put on immortality. That the corruptible must put on incorruption. And then will be brought about the saying that is written in God's word, Isaiah 25, that death itself is swallowed up in victory. Oh, Death, where is your, your, your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? There's nothing to it anymore, Paul says. For me, to, to be with Christ is far better. To die is gain. So why don't we all go? No, that's not what Paul says. He says in verse 24, Yet to remain, continuing in life, is needful for the sake of others. That's what he means when he says, For me to live is Christ. So we continue in the work of the Lord, knowing that our laboring, our toil on behalf of others is not for nothing. This is the work of the Lord, living out the life of Christ as God has given it to us to live. You see, fear asks, what about me? Faith knows God has me. That God God takes care of me today and God has sewed up my future. God has provided for all that I will ever need, which frees me from the worry about myself. It frees me to look out for others. Fear also asks, where is God in the midst of all these things going on? If God were here, these things wouldn't be happening, right? Where is God? You hear that in COVID-19, where is God? Well, Psalm 23 says that these things will happen. It says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it assumes that I will it assumes that troubles will come in life. I will walk through, and yet I will not fear. Why not? There's three reasons. The first one is this, because you are with me. It's a matter of who. It's knowing what is true, and it's knowing who is with you, just like the, a scared child in a tent. And the father says, I'm right here. I'm with you. I've got you. I will not fear, for you are with me. There is the promise of his presence. Hebrews 13 says, be content with whatever you have. Why? Because he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, that he is with us. That's what undergirds our commission. The commission, Jesus, his, his final mandate to the church to go into all the world and to proclaim the gospel to everybody. Everybody. He said, I'm with you always. It's a scary thing to tell the gospel to some people. It's a scary thing to try to bring up talking about God to somebody that doesn't seem to want to hear it. And yet he says, I am with you. We need not fear. Three, three reasons I said, I will not fear because you are with me and because your rod and your staff, they comfort me the the protection and the guidance of our lord the rod was was the shepherd's club that's that's the weapon by which he could fight off predators and the staff was is what he would use sometimes he might tap sheep on the shoulder to move them this way or that way down the trail Sometimes you have a, have a stubborn sheep. I remember when we, had, when we had cattle as a kid and sometimes we were moving them here or there. And one of the ways you do that is you'd have a stick that would help guide them. You could touch them on the side, but also you could use that stick and you could give them a little poke in the back of their foot. It didn't really hurt, but it was a comfortable. They didn't like that. They didn't like that, that, that stick in the back of their foot and so they'd move their foot forward just the direction we wanted them to go. Sometimes the Lord does that with me. His staff Guides me, and his guidance is comforting. Sometimes God pokes me in the back of my foot, and I have to move that foot forward. He causes me to take another step. And the step might have not been, it might have been one I was hesitating to take, and yet it's a step I needed to take. And the fact that God is moving me along, my God and my Lord is guiding me, that is comforting. It reminds me that he's with me. And, and there's the ultimate assurance that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't need to worry about the future. My God has my future fully in his hands, and he says, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again. I will receive you to myself. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die. Whenever that comes on God's schedule, that will be gained. And so between now and then, I'm going to continue with whatever strength I have, whatever breath I have, to serve, to care for, to give to, to pray for the needs of the people around me. Because they need that hope in the Lord. So what are are you fearing in the midst of all things that are going on? Maybe maybe it's fear of the virus. Maybe it's fear of death itself. But I don't need to fear. You don't need to fear even death itself because Jesus has entered death for you. He died and he rose again. And he said that you and I are risen with him. You are that sure of eternity as if you had already died and risen and entered into heaven's presence already in Jesus. What are we afraid of? We can emphasize with people around us, in the midst of fears that they express, understand, yes, that is a very real and reasonable and rational fear, and yet, God so loves them. That he sent his son Jesus to enter into humanity and into our brokenness. Into our vulnerability. And to even there brutally die for us in our place. So that by our believing in him, his death becomes our death. And we have his eternal life. And your hope can be their hope. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Not because the valley isn't dangerous, but because you are with me. And he's already gone before us into the very valley of death itself. Verse 5 of Psalm 23, Thou prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now in social distancing, those tables better be at least six feet apart. But God provides for us. In the presence of our enemies that we don't need to fear, God provides for us we will not be in want. That's the main thrust of Psalm 23. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He provides physically, green pastures, still waters. He provides spiritually, he restores my soul. He leads me in right paths according to his own commandments, according to his own word. He, he, he has anointed me. He, he gives me his goodness and his mercy in the midst of life. He is for me. He receives me into an eternal home. The promise of God's provision is so that I will not want. That directly speaks to the frustrations that we feel about what we might be losing, what we might be lacking, what we might be needing or wanting that we cannot obtain for ourselves. The definition of frustration is anger or annoyance at not being able to achieve what you want or think you need anger or annoyance and not being able to get or achieve what you think you want or need, want or think you need. James chapter four describes it this way. It's the opposite of I shall not want. In fact I will want very much. You desire but do not have. You want but cannot obtain. And so anger and frustration bubbles up and overflows out of that. What are some of the things that we want? Maybe I want to go back to work. Maybe I want to go to school. Maybe I want to get out of the house. I want to go to church. Oh, bless you for saying that. I'm so glad you're thinking that way. I'm thinking that way too. I so want to be together again. Maybe you just want to go visit this person or that person again and you haven't been able to. It's frustrating. Maybe you just want to hang with your friends. Why are we cut off? just want to eat at a restaurant again. I want to go buy some clothes. I want to go get a haircut. So many things to want. So little time to want them in. When I cannot have, my frustration flows out. It bubbles up. And often it flows out in criticism of those that are in authority, of those that are making the decision that lead to me not being able to have or do the things that I want. Now, but what if in the midst of all this, there's more that I don't know? Well, there probably is. In fact, I know that there is. There is so much about this virus that none of us know. And so there's bound to be things that I don't know, which would change what I might think about the situation if I knew them. I can't know that that's not true because I don't know. You know, Job is an example being frustrated by what he sees in the midst of the circumstances and he doesn't understand there's lots going on around the circumstance that Job does not know he has not been able to see and so from what Job is seeing and he is experienced he's asked in the midst of the what he's asking why and God never tells him why 40 chapters through the book of Job and God never tells him why God only tells him who God reminds Job who Job is. And God reminds Job who God is. And it turns out that when Job is reminded of who God is, he says, now I have seen you and I repent. That's all Job needed. That's what returns his perspective. Psalm 23 reminds us of who the Lord is my shepherd. It's from the perspective of a sheep, a sheep who is who is helpless and in need. And, it, and this psalm nudges us like that prodding staff. It nudges us toward the worship of trusting and resting in the Lord who is with us. These physical provisions, they point to spiritual provision. We might need dry grass at times instead of the green pastures. We might need floodwaters at time instead of the still water. And yet we can count on the Lord receiving us. The, the, the psalm swerves from the, from the shepherd imagery into the hospitality of being received into a Middle Eastern home and being honored as a, as a, as a honored and received and embraced and most welcomed guest. Somebody who belongs there. Anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. That speaks to the joy. It's a celebration. It's a party. In, the, in, the, in, the, in a time of great joy and celebration in the, in, in, in the Jewish tradition, you would fill cups until they overflowed, not to waste what you were serving, but just to demonstrate that everybody's cup was as full as it could possibly be because this is the most joyous time we could be having. That is is our time with him, that in God's presence, the psalmist says, is fullness of joy. And that is our future. That is what God intends for us. But now, we're not there yet. We're still in the midst of frustration. Frustration is normal here. You will experience it because the whole creation has been subject to fertility and frustration. Romans chapter 8 and verse 20. But in the midst of the frustration, in the midst of the futility of a broken creation waiting for the Lord Jesus to return and to make all that's wrong right, in the midst of this present frustration and futility, God has given us a new normal. Psalm 23 says, Lie down, rest, trust. Go ahead and press the pause button in this hectic hurry. We haven't given an opportunity to pause and to rest and to trust in the midst of things that we don't know and don't understand. And that's the perfect environment in which to say, God, I will trust you. It's not easy for us to do. And yet that is exactly what God calls us to do. In In the midst of an unknown time to admit our need, And to confess our trust in him that God will provide, God is still sovereign. The shepherd's rod is also the king's scepter, and he does rule. You know, the book of Hebrews calls Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep, who through the blood of his eternal covenant makes us complete. There's the good shepherd's provision. The good shepherd who laid down his light for the sheep, trusting himself to our God and Father. In fact, on the very night that he was betrayed, how did he pray? He said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he invites us into that as our new normal. That we would join our Lord in so trusting ourselves to the Father that we would also say, Lord, I want much. I'm frustrated because I want, and yet, Lord, not my will, but your will be done in my life for your name's sake and for Jesus to be known to people around me.